Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm delighted to be with you today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and we are here today to discuss how it is to sniff out a lackluster property manager before we even hire them. Janet Fields is the CEO and co-founder of Oak Trust Properties. She got into property management as a child, helping her parents flip houses. Now Janet and her team offer a strategic approach to optimizing rental returns. So Janet, take us into the program and share a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Yes, there are quite a few instances that uh, led me here for sure. But one of the most impactful moments in my life, and usually, you know, things are impactful because they're a bit painful learning experiences. Most of my uh, working experience was met through family working, you know, cutting grass, taking care of pets, doing labor and, you know, making as much money as setting your own price. So I would change locks for my dad's business, my family's business, and I would help flip the houses, do all the nasty work, attempted to paint houses on my own. It was quite quite a big chore for one person, all sorts of things. And I realized that you can make money really quickly doing that as a young teenager. All you had to do is have your car and name your price and people pretty much accepted it. As I got nearer to graduation of high school, my mother you know, helped me enroll in college, all those things. And then she said, okay, well, you have to have a job. And I always said, I already have a job. And she says, no, you need to go work for somebody else. And of course that made no sense to me because I could make 75 to $100 an hour why would I go wait work for $8 an hour? So I did that because it was told to all three of my sisters and I uh, that if you leave the home, you don't come back. So when you leave, you better be ready. So I went and got a job in an arcade. So I started like three days after graduation making $6.50 an hour. It was awful because you could only work like four hours at a time, maybe three days a week. So you just didn't really make any money. You're just driving back and forth. The working there was lots of fun, but it just was not profitable at all. So then I went to work at a arts and crafts store where I got about seven bucks an hour and I got a little bit more hours and the work really was pretty mind numbing. And I learned very quickly that I did not ever want to work for anybody else. <laughs> that it just is not profitable the timetable is much slower to be able to like just improve and make your way in life. So I ended up getting a job as a government contractor for about five years. And that was a rough environment. It was a very interesting environment. I learned a lot of tolerance there. I learned a lot about systems. I learned a lot about working with a wide variety of people. And my background in art and graphic design, I love for art. I had really loved Nike. I thought Nike was amazing. And I thought Pixar was amazing. And Steve Jobs was amazing, all those people. So I started learning about culture and how people, you can inspire people and you can lead people. So all those things have really contributed to where I am today. I'm building a culture where we are raising leaders so they can stay with us forever if they want to, or we can help design a plan for them to go to the next place. My ultimate dream for my future family of brands is for people to be banging down our door to work for us and banging down our door to steal away our talent. Wow. 
Fantastic. And thank you for sharing that story. Amazing story. Well, how do we know if we should fire our current property manager? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. So if your property manager is asking you what to do, that's a really good start. If your property manager isn't coming to you with solutions, if your property manager isn't telling you what to expect next before the question even crosses your mind, then you're working with an inexperienced property manager who probably just isn't quite ready to take on a job. They're more of an assistant than somebody who's leading the way, showing you how to get things done. Or they could be experienced and they just don't care. Yeah. Not taking the initiative to just like get things done. Like we should be like superheroes, just giving you three options, delivering three options and moving forward saying, okay, you're a busy professional. You've hired us to support you. Now here's the three options that you can move forward with. I don't like those options. No problem. We can do it again. But, you know, we want to give you options to move forward quickly, just like any other professional would do for you. Yeah, sounds great. And it sounds like a, you know, a really good marker to be looking for. I really like the conciseness of that. Well, if they're not providing solutions, then why do you want them around as a manager? And like you explained, they might make a great assistant, but you don't want them in the leadership role. Yeah. I like that. Makes lots of sense. Well, what are the red flags when you are in the process of actually looking to hire a property manager? So one of the things I highly recommend before hiring a property manager is to look at whatever market you're going into and do a little Google search. Decide your top three to five property management companies to start making some calls. If you can't get anybody to answer the phone, that's a really good way to just cross that one off the list. They're a waste of your time. But uh, you want to get a hold of the management agreement because no matter what the person on the other end of the phone says, that probably has sales breath. You want to read that management contract and know how they're going to operate. The management contract is just like any other contract. It's basically a timeline that shows you what's going to happen. And if any of these hiccups come along the way, what the plan of action is and how much it could possibly cost you. So it spells out the whole story right there. So check the market, look at the management agreement. Well, how can you check out the market? It's not like Generally speaking, at least in commercial real estate, you're not going to be able to go to the yellow books and probably not even just to Google to find your best property management firm. So where do you go to find them? So if you identified a market that you wanted to work within, then I would start looking that way. Some property managers will follow larger clients to other places. Since we work in such a digital world now, it's very easy to do that. So you would identify where you want to work and then go from there. Sorry about that. Well, I mean, still doesn't answer my question because you're not going to find these people in Google. Oh, you'll find me in Google. Will you? You'll find all of my competitors in Google as well. Yes. I would almost say that if you want a property manager who works like a business and works like a professional, you want to find them in Google. Otherwise, you're working with a hobbyist. And do you really want a hobbyist to take care of your investment? So how do you, you and your property manager prepare for unforeseen circumstances like COVID, like 7% inflation and invasion of Ukraine, all of those kind of things that come up out of nowhere. I think being flexible and being able to listen and keeping in tune with your clients is a really good start. Encouraging clients as well as your own company to have reserve funds to take care of any issues where there may be a lull in funds. You need to be prepared for that. And also having a a well-oiled machine being your team to be able to function and know how to overcome challenges. Not all teams are used to working together to overcome challenges. Not all teams are resilient. 
So we really do foster learning and resilience and overcoming issues together, just like Tuesday huddles. So we have morning meetings on Tuesdays where we all come together and we talk about our rocks and our issues. We pick our top three and we start hammering through them and coming up with our solutions. Then we assign those all out. So to be able to deal with unexpected events, you have to have a system already in place to deal with the the regular events. If you're barely making it through on your day-to-day, there's no way that you can handle these unexpected issues. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. So give me some concrete examples here, because you're not the owners here. You're working for owners of apartment complexes or other commercial uh, venues there. So how can you prepare? Just give me an example here. Let's say COVID, because you've already been through that. So how did you prepare as a team for that? And then likewise, of course, you're going to have to help prepare the owners for that. So one of the biggest things that we did to prepare was to stay in front of technology, to constantly leverage technology. We were already going mobile for that. We we're already part of National like Accredited Associations, NARPM, where we're getting legislation and regulation pushed down to us all the time. So we're staying on top of education and we have our finger on that pulse. So when it does come down, we're already coming up with solutions. We're also networked with many other property managers across the nation where I talk to daily and say, hey, what are you seeing there? How are you handling this? Have you noticed this? So we're constantly talking to each other and it's, you know, hive mind. We're always working and overcoming things together. And that's the way the world is. The more minds that you have, the better you can solve problems. There's not many silos anymore. So just being open to solutions, being flexible, knowing how to ask questions and where to look for those solutions. I think that's the best way to be prepared other than, you know, financially being ready. So what was one major solution that you were able to come up with in terms of COVID? I think the biggest thing that helped our owners stay comfortable was we started sending out Thursday updates. I believe the biggest thing that helped our owners feel comfortable throughout the process because there was so much change through COVID is that we went ahead and decided that every Thursday we would send out like a state of the company, sort of what's going on with moratorium. So every Thursday I'd send out a quick video. It might be, hey, there really isn't anything happening or here, this happened, this happened, this happened, this may apply to you if this, and what does it mean for you? And then we just go through there. And that helped with consistency. They knew when to expect it. It helped them feel settled. And it became the new norm. Instead of getting daily updates and it felt like a scramble and just a bombardment of information, we just said, we're just going to do it at this time every day and just expect it. So that was a really simple thing that was impactful. We actually had people reach out to us thanking us because it was such a stressful time. Everybody thought, you know, the worst because our imaginations go wild. But in the long run, it wasn't that bad. And reaching out to the wealth of property managers and figuring out how we were going to manage possible payment plans and possible, you know, not being able to evict people that, you know, could no longer pay. Those were great assets to have. Yeah, I mean, it was a time, I mean, information was changing on a daily basis. So I can see, see why that was so beneficial. Yes. 
And it isn't something that would have been really easy for most owners to stay on top of either. It was, in many respects, it was pretty obscure information and you really had to know where to go to find that. Exactly. And the amount of stress that most people are already under with all the changes, I just can't imagine taking on, on yourself as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, what is one simple test to see if it's time to hire a new property manager? That would be a great one. If they do not follow their lease, if they're not going to evict when it's time to do evictions, that's there's why do we even have a property manager at that point? If they're not following the lease, they're not helping you. If you don't follow the lease, when you go to court, you've already set precedence that this is okay action. So there's just no reason to even have that relationship. So following the lease and letting them be the bad guy and holding somebody else to the fire, that's what you want is somebody to be the bad guy for you and take all the emotional stuff off your plate if that's what you don't look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I mean, that is so important. I mean, just for me, it isn't just the lease that they're following, but are they following up on timely payments or am I the one who has to get out there and beat the bushes on that? So, I mean, there's really a lot of other things, but certainly following the lease is one of those things to be certain. And of course, the other thing, are they staying on top of repairs or is that a headache that's coming back to me? And are they maintaining a community? Are there partiers in the complex that are disrupting everybody? And is that something I'm going to have to go back to and take a look at? Or is my property manager going to... You shouldn't have to take care of any of that. You should, as a client, just be able to push information. Say you got an HOA violation or somehow somebody sent information to you. You should just be able to push it to them and say, here you go. And then they, like your property manager should just be able to run with it. With the amount of properties that we've been managing over the last 18 to 20 years, wherever we're at now, we've seen most of these issues. So we have the experience within our own office to handle many of those issues. So they shouldn't be going back to you and say, I don't know what to do. That's not a professional. That's some, a hobby. That's like your assistant you're raising. That's a friend who's managing your house. That's not what you need. Yep. And I've been through all of those. So I do uh, relish and appreciate a good property manager. It's not an easy undertaking, but it's so crucial to peace of mind. Well, what are some of the techniques that you as a property manager use to get rental increases, to get added fees that add to the owner's property bottom line. So what are some of the things you're doing? So one of my favorite things to do is reduce all the waste. And one of the biggest wastes is just time, timeline. So having a system machine already put in place and having goals that need to be met for your team and just systemizing a whole process really cuts down on vacancy days. And vacancy days sometimes can really stretch, you know, 30, 60 days. That's ridiculous. Like that's not a profit anymore at that point. So We have a goal for 14 days within our office and our guarantee is 30. Of course, during COVID, like it's, you know, four to seven days. But that's one of the first things we do is we want to get somebody in and get that property ready as soon as possible and get it on market, take excellent pictures. We try to systemize everything. We have video pictures that go through the property like it's a map and that's helpful for residents. They come through, they don't need to ask. To for all these specific questions. We have lock boxes on homes that are automatic. So they put in their credit card information, they get screened and they go see it 24-7. So that helps move the process faster. Knowing what is acceptable and running the data on who is a less risky resident, that's really good information to know. So we already have standards on that. 
And what um, some companies are doing is the higher risk residents pay a higher premium, and that could go to the client as well. Pets, stuff like that. No one wants to hear pets. A lot of clients don't want to accept pets, but about 70 to 80% of the market has pets. So when you say no to that, you say no to 80% of the market. But there's ways to get around it. You can do pet rent, you can do pet fees, you can do monthly privileges where they pay for the whole lease. So like if they're there for five years, they're paying that monthly rent for five years. I'm seeing the same thing for security deposits. So you can get a privilege to use a security waiver and you would pay X amount per month over the extension of your residency in the property. So it actually ends up being more security deposit, but nobody had to front that upfront big chunk. So a lot of times what happens is they're waiting for a security deposit from own house to be released and they need it for the other house to be to get in. So it gets costly. And then all their pet fees and admin fees, it gets costly. So anything that you can do to reduce that upfront fee for the residents and put a little bit more in the client's pocket is always good because it just moves that pipeline of residents and it keeps everybody's pockets lined. Yeah, that is really a real plus for, I would think, a property manager because I've had lots of property managers who Well, some of them just absolutely refuse to collect fees, and many more of them are just like, are you sure you want to do that? No, that's the wrong property manager. (laughs) Yeah, they're out there. I'm sure you know those people too. But yes, they are not helping the bottom line when they do things like that. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. We work for the client first. It is a tricky relationship because we are there for both but the client hires us. So it's very tricky to navigate that most of the time. It is a tricky position to be in as a property manager and a lot of thankless tasks that property managers go through. And yet they are an absolute necessity if you're going to run a complex with any success. Absolutely. So certainly a property manager is going to be more than just someone who takes care of the repairs, but a property manager who is on top of that is themselves priceless. So you've discussed some of the things in terms of why it is important to be more than just someone who takes care of repairs, but just kind of sum it up here as we end our conversation here today. Yeah. So you want a property manager who can reduce your liability and reduce your costs so you can improve your return on investment. That is the ultimate goal. You want to just grow that investment. So if the property manager is not rooting for you to make more money, they're in the wrong job. They need to go work for a nonprofit. So I think that's pretty key. Yeah. Excellent. I like the way you can sum things up and to come up with uh, just a reasonable statement. This is the way it should be. It makes good sense. Excellent there. Well, tell our audience how it is that they can take advantage of what you have to offer as a property manager and how to get in touch with you to do that. Yes. Thank you so much. So you can find us at oaktrustproperties.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as Oak Trust is on LinkedIn. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and we are even on TikTok. And we have a YouTube page full of all sorts of videos and resources. So Go ahead and check out oaktrustproperties.com and you can download our free marketing plan and give Christina a call and she can help you out with some market comps. Do you work across the nation or are you regional or? I am located in Charleston, South Carolina, and we are looking to move up and down the East Coast into the Carolinas and Tennessee, all those nice little markets. So give us a call if you're interested in those areas and we can see what we can do for you. Okay. Primarily coastal. 
Correct. Yes, we want to stay on the East Coast. Okay. How far in? Oh, I'll go all the way to like Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee, Kentucky. Okay. So, okay. Excellent. Well, I've never been on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a dopamine feed. You don't need to go there. You get lost. That's kind of what I was thinking. Anyway, so it has been a great pleasure having you with us, Janet, today and filling us in on what to look for in terms of property managers. So viewers and listeners, thank you for being with us today. And I look forward to being with you in our next episode. And thank you, Janet, for filling us in on property management today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.